<laughs> a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, it is. Evil. The evil. Not our real names. Nailed it. I love shit like that. S F C. The polygraph is on. Are we sir. hot. We we're hot. You are hot SFC? in your hat. We are dressed for the movie hot today. In my hat. Yeah, oh, here we I, are. I, I can't wait to hear about this hat. Oh my stars. Oh my stars. Well, yeah. hello everybody, and welcome to a little independent, the podcast where two friends talk about independent, strange, obscure, or just plain weird movies. My name is Ryan. And I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi, Ryan. I added a few, uh, a few extra things. You put about strange the in there. I think that's strange. New, strange sounded new it, to me. Is that a I new th- one? It is, and it, I'm in my head about this because I think we talked about the intro, maybe. Oh yeah. Like my sounding rigid or forgetting things, and I wasn't thinking about it until we just started talking. This is how frail the brain, the human brain, is. <laughs> well, I have to be I careful what myself. I say to you because then you you. Take it, and you're like, oh, no, I have to fix all this. Independent, we'll obscure, pages, just plain weird. <laughs> 12 pages of notes on, it was... It, I, no, I, no. No, I wait. Wait, wait, I wouldn't wait. No, it was, uh, so I have something for you. Oh. Verbal. Oh. Not, it's not a gift this time. Yeah, jeez. And, and I wrote it much. out so that I wouldn't make a mistake. Are you ready? This is a tender moment. Yeah. I'm glad there's a candle. Tender mercies. In front of us. Not an independent film. <laughs> Ryan, all the things you've done have put you right here in that chair with me. A Zen moment from the dream. Our last movie. Wow. Which is definitely a segue into <laughs> who is in our new film yeah. that we're doing tonight. Well, today's movie is I, I love again what you did with the 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 trilogy, the triumvirate, and how you wove a tale uh, amongst <laughs> you know three of your episodes, culminating in the Bad Batch, which was you know again a movie I really enjoy the shit out of. I. Yeah. There's so much about it that that you think about afterwards. The, oh, the yeah. music, the um, you know, there's some corniness, and you know, we have questions every time. Yeah, well, it makes you think. I mean, gets you talking. It makes you think whether it's good or bad. And tonight's movie does as well. Holy yeah. crap! Well, I wanted to repay in kind, and I find this ironic <laughs> that here we are. And in the way I could honor the Bad Batch is in in my dumbest way possible was to do. Uh, one of my favorite Keanu Reeves performances that is an independent film uh, in a movie called River's Edge. The And it's not the in front of it. It's just River's, River's Edge, Edge, 1986. Yeah. Now, this was a gift to me because I had never seen it. I had never seen this movie. I, did I ask you that at all? Or am no, I no, no. And I love that when it's, I mean, most of them are, but, you know, a lot of these 80s movies... Have, and well, I this was surprised is why I hadn't seen I'm it. fascinated by this because we there's some distance between us in age a little bit, but I think it, that little bit is enough to make kind of a big difference with certain things. Like you have seen 
movies in the movie theater and at drive-ins, as you've talked about on this show, yeah, um, that make me marvel. I, I, I get jealous about it. <laughs> and so a movie like this, I'm always curious, as I think I probably grilled you in a similar way about Repo Man, but I forget the, the response, which is a terrible friend thing to do. Well, the, yeah, this brought up so much high school memories of clothes, the, you know, it was now, I, granted, out of the Detroit area as opposed to California. Yeah. But still, the hair, the clothes, you know, <laughs> you you love the music, but th- it had more, you know, we're going to definitely get into the music, but it was the heavier. Like, I was wearing Zeppelin shirts all the time yeah. and, and, you know, that type of thing. I didn't wear, I don't even know. We'll talk about you it because I don't the, know. You the, are the Buddhist monk warrior uh, of the two of us. So you want me to be half monk? If, half half hitman. Hit Listen to the James Bonding podcast. <laughs> Again, I don't know. We maybe don't do it off just random plugs, but uh, James Bonding, one of the best podcasts ever. Matt Gorley, my uh, spiritual mentor. I, I your, love that man. Your hero. But um, now I'm off track. You are. 1986, River's Edge, episode 32, showed up at Sundance and was purchased by Island Pictures. We went right into, right. thanks for saving us. <laughs> I was, And I'll have to listen to it back and, and be like, oh, that's where, where we were going with that James Bond thread. Yeah, well, you, you said something about Gourley being a... Well, there, there is, a, there is a, a connection to James Bond uh, in this movie, which is interesting. Oh, can't wait to hear that. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the clothes, which which I, I think is interesting as well, Keanu Reeves in this film, uh, it's kind of his own wardrobe. He uh, he he brought his own sensibilities to it, which I think is kind of yeah. interesting. I found a interview where he talks about that. Um, but this is a, is a movie that is really special to me, and you mentioned one reason why, and you talking about it, which was the music. Every time they get into a car. I hear something that Ryan would listen to, and I wouldn't. Spe- specifically, <laughs> Slayer. And, oh. Uh, you bet your ass I listened to Slayer's Show No Mercy on the way here. Yeah. Because this movie was really is is special to me, and I haven't seen it in a little while, which is is odd. In a little while for me is is probably not as long as a little while for more people than than not, but. This was that 80s movie that that resonated with me more than most of the others. Yeah. You know, the Pretties in Pink and and The Breakfast Club, I think universally everybody could get behind in a way, but a lot of the more saccharine um, you know, squishy and spongy as I like to now I guess call them, those 80s movies I didn't identify with as much, but this or a movie like Suburbia, I did. And okay. Slayer being, you know, a key part of the soundtrack um, was huge for me. And hearing music I loved in a movie that I could rent at the video store uh, was was awesome. And this was the one I'd go back to. I identified more with, in a way, some of these folks than I did, you know, the people in the other movies. Well, it sure was a, uh, it is a very disturbing movie. Um, it is. You never saw this in the theater? or what? I, I never mean, even heard of it. Really? Yeah, that's why that's it was, why that's why it was a you. gift. You know, it was great to oh, be able okay. to, to, you know, it's cool when you're going in for the very first time. And I always make sure I'm like, okay, I'm not going to watch anything. Uh, you know, I, I did read like one plug about about it being, you know, the controversial movie of the year or something like that. And I'm like, yeah. okay, stop. I want to go in clean, you know, 
I don't want to know anything. Yeah. It's a, uh, again, it's, I think, kind of a quintessential 80s movie in a lot of ways. It doesn't get talked about as much, at least as I was, you know, researching it this time. You know, it's talked about, but it, it's not easy to find a lot of stuff about it in a way. Okay. Yeah. But the description from IMDb, again, River's Edge, 1986, a high school slacker commits a shocking act and proceeds to let his friends in on the secret. However, the friend's reaction is almost as ambiguous and perplexing as the crime itself. What do you think of that? It's okay. I, I'm surprised they didn't go more with that it's a based on true events. It's an unwieldy kind of description in a way because it 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 does bring you in because you're wondering, well, all right, what are the reactions? But yeah, I don't know, interesting. But I found it interesting when I did when I did my research about, you know, it's based on a an actual case, yeah. an actual event. That's and unreal. Yeah, and but they don't they don't plug that. It doesn't say true events based, you know, it doesn't say any of that at the beginning of the movie. No. But I think what's really compelling about this and looking at it again through our lens, the Ali lens, because <laughs> again, and I contend For sale with on this, Amazon. which I, I don't think is, is too much of a tangent, but I, I watch these movies differently when, when I do it for the podcast. Yeah. And it doesn't, I don't know, it, it does in a way make me long to watch a movie and just watch it and not maybe watch it the way yeah. I do for this, um, which well, I hope is, is okay and working for everybody still. Huh? Well, I, and I still do it the same way. Um, once in a while, I only have time, time for one, but I usually always have time. So I always watch it first time, no notes, no nothing. I just sit and watch, take in the movie. Yeah. And then the second time and third time, if I do a third time, is all the note taking and mixing in the research and all that. But I like to go in and just have the movie experience. Yeah. But your your time is yeah, so much more it, limited. It, it, a little bit, but I don't know if I do it any differently, and it's still super fun. But but it's always great to hear the story of when you stop it and your wife throws a pillow at you. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you know what? But are... I, I thought about <laughs> the. It was the writing. You know, the, this. It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as funny um, back then as I have. Like it's a comedy to me, almost first and foremost. Okay. And the director of the film would probably agree with you. Um, in a documentary that I saw, he does mention black comedy, and it's dark, dark, dark humor, yeah. dark comedy, but it's hugely uh, underlined by Crispin Glover's performance. Uh, but it is uh, billed officially, uh, thanks to IMDb, uh, as a crime drama. And I already, you know, kind of talked a little bit about the missing comedy because it, it's not billed as a comedy. No, and it's well, you, it's Crispin's performance choice that makes it the dark comedy. Yeah, and they, you know, I watched that same doc that you. It sounds like that you did. Yeah, that half hour one with called the. Uh, on the edge or something like that. I haven't oh, written down. okay. Get to, yeah, it's like half hour long. Yeah, it was really cool. You know, the 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 thing about you know Crispin Glover, um, wanting to audition for the Samson role and and how you know little things like that, you know, color how you view the film. But the fact that he came in as this character and you know even on the first day of filming, the director was like, "Do you want to try it the other subtler way?" And he's like. No, yeah. I imagine. I'm not going to. Yeah, he made him wait two weeks. Yeah, to prepare to, to, before, uh, before to he even auditions. To audition. Yeah, I yeah. know. 
But uh, so as we mentioned, uh, it stars Crispin Glover as Lane. Now, what was your just, you know, knowing you and not knowing the movie, you went into the movie, you see Crispin Glover. What are you thinking? What's the first thing you're thinking? Back to the Future. Okay. So he's recognizable to you. Yes. Like in name right away? Like if I had like, said no, Chris, I wouldn't no, I okay. wouldn't have known him by name. So I would when just you saw that's, him, that's the guy from Back to the Future. That was the first thing. And yeah. anything did anything else kind of cascade? No. Oh, okay. no, but that's, I'm sure you're wow. gonna you're gonna cascade me, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need some time to prepare? No. I'm <laughs> ready to waterfall. I'm, I'm ready to Joe shower you with that sweet sweet info. Waterfall. And everybody's just loving this part of the of the pod when we're you know kind of volleying oh sharing i love transferring and, and and it's new lingo for me too yeah. i gotta get used to saying the pod you're gonna have, or like i'm gonna take your I, hand todd and we're gonna i go found into the pod of... chasers and that's the imdb of podcasts oh and it's like a hip and you know and we're not on it yet no <laughs> we will be as of pa- this taping patience uh, crispin glover is an actor that i adore in a person, I think he is legit just a weirdo. And I don't think it's a show. But he's trained. At, he's a trained school actor. And he uh, is the son of Bruce Glover, an actor. And Bruce Glover, we may have talked about oh, this guy cousin before. of Danny Glover? Uh, nope. Okay. Not really. You know, if this was televised, this would be funnier. <laughs> we, but we, yeah, the looks on Ryan's face. I, I I'm sorry, you're so not seeing. So Crispin it. <laughs> Glover's dad is also another kind of infamous weirdo as an actor, but he's he's probably best known uh, in a movie I love. He's in Chinatown. Oh yeah. So he's one of Classic. Jack Nicholson. He's Duffy. He's one of Jack Nicholson's, uh-huh. the younger of the two. All right. The yeah. It's, in it's the been a while, league. but I love that movie. And he is in. He he's one of the most infamous James Bond henchmen because he's part of a pair. He is Mister Wint in Diamonds Are Forever. So the two assassins, the two gay assassins, the couple, and that is his. That's Chris Glover's dad. Cool. And he's just such an awesome that guy himself. Like watch his movies. He's again just a kook. And Chris Glover, I think the same. Just a fucking weirdo. Yeah. And. I, and he's got this oh, yeah. famous I, I, David Letterman appearance when he's on and he almost kicks David Letterman in the face. I mean, he's and he's a musician. Check out his music. It's crazy. Wow. Um, but he he started on the stage. His his first like big role, he was uh, the lead in a stage production of The Sound of Music starring Florence Henderson. <laughs> and then he there went on. Go. He went into uh, he was on a couple of TV shows, Happy Days, Hill Street Blues uh, and The Family Ties. But his breakthrough role was um, as George McFly in uh, in yeah. Back to the Future, and that helped them anchor this movie because you know that wasn't too long yeah. before eighty six. That was right before, and he was like, known. Right. And that movie was obviously, but he a huge like hit. blew up from that movie. Is that weird to you? That's kind of weird to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? The like, movie was such a hit, but that character would you have like? How can you liken that, that to a movie now and that character and somebody being like crazy famous? It just. I think it's all like tied just like, in just with the breakout the, role, the, the like whole it was story, recognized. Like, so it's been a long time. I embarrass myself, but wasn't wasn't his like he goes back in time and he's his dad, right? Crispin is his dad. Or yeah, is that, okay. yeah. You know what? And then his mom's he, trying to trying to hit on him in the high school. You know what? Never mind. Right? 
That's memorable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he is. He's in it way more than I think. So that I haven't seen that movie in probably decades, but yeah, that's breakout what... performance, huge, <laughs> in a huge movie. Skip all that. Um, but he remember Wild at Heart, the David Lynch film with uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh, and uh, um, Jurassic Park. Yeah, um, Laura Dern. See, you always have to throw me the life preserver on the names. I got you, man. Ugh. Amazing movie. Incidentally, that you cannot find. She anywhere. was a wild rose in that movie. I'll tell That's you. an amazing. And I wanted to because Crispin Glover got me thinking about all these other movies that I wanted to watch. So last night I did not watch <laughs> Charlie's Angels, maybe or Charlie's Angels Full th- Throttle. Which, he's in that. Oh, he's this crazy kooky character. I forget. His, oh no, he's he's called Thin Man, the Thin Man, and he's this weird kind of silent assassin. He's great. But I watched Willard last night. Ooh. Remember Willard? Yeah. It's a remake the, of with the older, rats, with the right? Rats, yeah. Is he the guy? He's Willard. Um <laughs> that would be the and, guy. Um Hot Tub Time Machine. Freaking oh yeah, the, the, the guy that gets his arm chopped yeah. off. Um but you know, I, I, a huge movie that he's in, uh Friday the 13th, the final chapter. E. Yeah, he's in that. Remember he does that weird dance with the, they meet twins. I don't think i saw and he's, it oh i'm a dead dick oh guy says so he kind of like kind of the same imbue, voice he uses. it's like this guy you know it's like lane kind of grows up bleaches his hair a little bit goes to california a little for a bit and then gets killed yeah. by jason would you liken his over-the-top performance to some cage performances yes yes i would okay that's and really, i love the, yeah, the smile fantastic. on his face right now he, i'm nick yeah he cage. is just He's fucking crazy in this. Uh, this movie also stars Keanu Reeves as Matt. Again, I don't think we need to go I, into him. I really too much, haven't but, heard of him yeah, much. Have he's, you? He's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> the The love interest in this is an actress I uh, absolutely adore. Iconic from the '80s, Ioni Sky, who stars Clarissa. Yeah, and I, I purposely must. didn't do some deep dives in this because I I like it when you know you always have that, so I don't go too far. She's she did one other movie, I think, with, uh, oh boy. <laughs> she, say anything is the, what you're thinking. The serial like killer the, from with the, with Nick Cage in Alaska. John, John Cusack. Cusack. That's Thank the you. movie you go to? No, that's what popped up on, on oh, the phone that's what there. I, holy shit. Um, but yeah. I, I really don't recognize her. She's in Say Anything with John Cusack. So iconic, okay. iconic, like beyond iconic. It, um, is that one of those couples- it's yeah. I Is mean, it like the notebook know, kind of holding up that boombox, and that's why in your oh, eyes. Oh, oh, yeah. I know that from another movie. <laughs> she's in Wayne's World, Four Rooms. Um, she's in a movie that looks what? crazy called "Went to Coney Island on a Mission from God." Be back by five. Great title. Um, and it stars John Cryer. What is so Ioni Sky? She's still two doing and a half stuff. men, John Cryer. Uh, fever pitch, but she is a f- a favorite of ours. She's a favorite with uh, my wife and I uh, because she uh, plays Mrs. Veal in Arrested Development, the TV show. So uh, uh, anyway, if you're a fan, you know. Uh, well, uh, but she is in, in in Arrested Development. She's married to Alan Tudyk, watch from Serenity, but she plays Mrs. Veal. So Ioni Sky is very that. Is awesome. I need to watch that. So, the, what really makes this cool, and why I don't like to, you know, I like to hear it from you on certain, because uh, I know you're going to 
do the deep dive on this stuff is that in that uh, documentary, Ione Sky was discovered. She wasn't an actress. Um, yeah. So uh, Tim Hunter, the director, could not find Clarissa. He went through all these castings and, and there was no Clarissa. And then he, one day he picks up a free copy of the LA Weekly and there is a hippie fashion ad in there and he sees her. Yeah. Her, her older brother um, <laughs> is an actor, and she so a little family stuff. But yeah, she uh, I saw her in an interview, and she talked about this movie being really serendipitous, and how yeah um, for her it was yeah she was doing modeling, and that's how she got she, p- picked they, up. They helped her with acting, yeah. and they just they just brought yeah. Keanu in and put them two together, and they said yeah this yeah. is going to work. And she she said uh, like off the bat on the set. Um, Dennis Hopper and um, and <laughs> Crispin Glover were the no were the biggest stars like biggest stars. Oh, Keanu, Hopper was you know and uh, this is his first movie, Keanu's first like main role. Is it officially? Yeah, that, yeah. that's that's what the how be. the director put yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, and and the director said like this is a movie star like you saw him and again I think Keanu is really good in this not oh like, yeah for Keanu. Uh, like the scene in the in the interrogation with the cop, like yeah, there he's really good in it. He he he's a natural in this for sure. And if I could out just get the Bill and Ted out of my head, you know that that character, oh, you could take to make him a lot that more money. seriously. <laughs> uh, and next build is is a unique one for me. Uh, is Daniel Roebuck as Samson? And now, do you know him from anything? I know that he has 251 credits, which made my head explode. That's Interesting a lot. answer to that question. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I read down the credits. So he's been like in every TV, he's been in one episode of every TV show yeah. ever made. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, kinda, absolutely. Um, yeah, he was he was in The Dirty Dozen. Yeah, I uh, did t- see a that TV on there. series. I didn't even know that that was a TV series. Um, so he he is an interesting actor. I, I call him um, not Jay Leno, and I know him best from The Fugitive. I did see that on the credits, Hanky. but I don't remember him. You know, Hanky. He's that guy. And from U.S. Marshals. Don't use words around yeah, yeah, me yeah. that don't, don't make any sense. Don't use words that don't make any sense. That's him. Well, Hanky. You know, just Hanky. And he's <laughs> this guy who pops up and stuff. He's in uh, uh, Money Talks with... Uh, uh, Charlie Sheen and um, Chris. Mm-mm. No, it's not here. Not here. Chris Tucker. Sorry, Charlie Sheen and Chris Tucker. Uh, he's in Final Destination. Uh, we were soldiers. So he's been in, you know, some stuff. And Rob Zombie likes him. He's in The Devil's Rejects. He's in Rob Zombie's Halloween and Halloween Two. And and he's really good at this. Yeah. You know, and I don't know why. Maybe he didn't become more of a main but maybe he's happy like you said 251 credits you might love this dude's acting career yeah you know it's not well, hurting for money i'm sure and some just of the working some of the best musicians out there are higher guns yeah yeah think of it that way yeah you know he's got 16 things in production right now 16 16 yeah in poster and, and in he's production. so he's just probably 60 years out, old yeah you know? yeah yeah he's working his ass but in this movie 
I completely believed he was a psychopath and was afraid of him. Now, yes, and he was without a- without without over the top. Just his presence. You're like, oh yeah, this guy will just kill you and not think twice about it and go drink a beer. Yeah, he had that that weird kind of vicious innocence. You know, there was some menace to him, but there was yeah. also this innocence, which you know, I mean, again, the script. So it's written by Neil Jimenez. Um, which was his first film. Uh, also, uh, same year, uh, Where the River Runs Black. Wow. So, so he this was, was his first script this is his that first, got made. You know, yeah, officially. I don't wow, know Wow, that's, that's exciting to know. But two, uh, I guess, you know, he was so, thinking about rivers the yeah. first couple of years. Also wrote, wrote uh, For the Boys with Bette Midler. And who else was in For the Boys? Was that Warren Beatty? The Boys. For the boys, wasn't she uh, like a USO singer type of thing? At Company B? Yeah, that kind of. I, oh, I sound so yeah, stupid like Claire, right now. like your uh, your portrait that Claire just uh, Claire. Yeah, what Danes? Claire, not Claire Danes. Claire. Uh, we were just telling about it. Yeah, see, when she was doing that old timey that she was born for, and you don't like oh, Bradley Blanchett. Cooper. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't realize it was his first script that got made, but. The, the impetus for the script, the idea came from uh, this case on 11-3 of 1981 in Milpitas. Thank you. I'm from Detroit. I don't know California talk. Uh, why I said that? Anyway. High school student Marcy Renee Conrad is raped and strangled to death. Her attacker is 16-year-old Anthony Jacques Broussard. He bragged and showed the body to at least 13 people. The crime went unreported for two days. So all that is the impetus. And then he kind of, he took the newspaper articles and the Rolling Stones article on this murder and mixed in his own high school experiences and wrote this script. And, I mean, he may have written other ones before this, but this is his first script that got made into a movie and... Made it into Sundance and yeah. and got bought by Island Pictures um, Distribution. Yeah, and it's really cool. It's um, directed by, as you mentioned, Tim Hunter, and uh, his first movie was a 1982 movie called Tex with um, Matt Dillon. Do you remember that? I, I remember the no, cover box. They referenced it as you know him having credit. I never saw that one. I, I again, I remember I that in the video it. store that cover box oh um he was also um uh uh what else uh painted black uh, he uh, directed a lot of tv sons of anarchy nip tuck mad men uh twin peaks um why do i have sylvester river's edge that's what tripped me up i, I was just looking at well my notes. you mentioned 1982 was tax and 1982 yeah. is one of our favorite stallone movies sylvester stallone movies of all time yeah. Are you with me on that? 1982, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, what was that First Blood? Talk to me, Johnny. That's First Blood. <laughs> Baker Company. Baker Company. Baker Artega. Company. What the hell? Sound off like you got a pair, Johnny. <laughs> Can you imagine if you fucked with him like that? Yeah. He's not going to break radio silence. Yeah. He might for you. Come on, you pansy. What it's are like, you doing? It's like leading the pigeons to the cat. Go, Colonel Troutman. We love you, you Good magnificent bastard. Of body bags. Oh, my God. That 
beautiful An extra supply of body bags. That's what they're going to need. Overacting. <laughs> Colonel Troutman. The tagline for the film. Yes, do tell. The most controversial film you will see this year. That's what I read. And then I went, okay, I can't learn anything else about this movie. I have to go in clean. I don't want to. Really? Yeah. I don't want to know anything. Are you Well, are you, are you the thing about the uh, the budget is I found a uh, budget of $1.7 million. And you saw in that documentary, the director was like, they tried to shop yeah. it to the major studios for $5 million. And he only got the indies to buy in because he's like, I'll do this for a million dollars. Right. And his movie credit tax, his, you know, it was what got him that. Yeah. And and that's, you know, that's fascinating to me because that's not a lot. You know, the actors all got paid scale, including Dennis Hopper, I assume, which is really awesome. And he got it done, but he went $700,000 over budget. Well, yeah, it's almost double. I mean, it's seventy percent so over. I, I so listened to that, and I lot. was like, "Wow." Yeah. Well, here we are then. I guess. I mean, because I know you can't just do stuff, so you have to ask for more. And they must have believed in it, which I'm glad that they did. Uh, U.S. gross, uh, four million, four point six million, uh, and that constitutes the world worldwide gross. So I don't know if it uh, showed worldwide. So it was a financial success. Oh, yeah. And it was a critical success, which is fairly interesting for one of my movies, I guess. Yeah. So we mentioned Dennis Hopper just real quick. I saw a Letterman interview with him. So we're assuming that everyone out there knows Dennis Hopper and all his all his creds. But he's on Letterman, and Letterman's asking about him being sober. And this is this is after River's Edge was made, so it has to be, you know, 86, 87 range, I would think. Um, he said, Dennis Hopper said that he drank 28 beers, a half gallon of whiskey, and then he had a fifth of rum on the side as a backup daily. Then he would use three grams of Coke to sober up. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta balance that out. How, you can't get, how does your, but five years, you can't get to acting, uh, that wasted. You can't, how do you, <laughs> how does your body. Stay know. alive. It's not. I mean, well, I mean, you know, oh, it's not recommended. <laughs> are you telling? Wait, are you saying we should do this? You're saying no. We I do I this. couldn't. All right, I couldn't. Everybody, even, wait. What was that? Let's go again. Twenty eight. Twenty eight beers. Twenty eight beers. This is daily. Half uh-huh. gallon of whiskey. Right. Right. A fifth of rum on the side in case he needed more. He he had that rum. ready to go. Right. Because you got that uh-huh. fear. Yeah. Rum. Yeah. Priority. And then he said three grams of Coke to sober up. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, yeah, you're writing that down. Is, is a, the, so some people take vitamins, you know, and no, exercise. No, don't do that. Oh. Hopefully the uh, the horseplay came out of our mouths. Yeah. that that Doing just, that for comedy purposes. That was on a Letterman interview, and that's what Jesus. Letterman said. It's amazing what the human body well, can withstand. He, here's the irony. He, in my opinion, gets out-psychoed in this movie, and he is not the craziest thing about it. That's a fucking crazy thing to say, but we're going to get there. Uh, it uh, it did win some awards. Winner uh, Film Independent Spirit Awards, uh, Best Feature and Best uh, Screenplay nominee for Best Director. Uh, winner Best Screenplay at the Penn Center USA West Literary Awards. Uh, and winner Special Jury Recognition Dramatic at Sundance and nominee for the Grand Jury Prize. 
Nominees for Best Young Actors in a Motion Picture for, for Ione Skye and Joshua John Miller at the 1988 Young Artist Awards. Um, Joshua John Miller. Timmy? Yeah. I love this. I, I love that kid. Yeah. And he he has an, a tie, I think, in another way to the podcast. And you're, you know? No, I just had a question for you on Timmy that I was excited to ask, So, which is going to be the opening scene, so it'll just be in a few minutes. Um also, the movie was shot in the foothills of Tohunga, California. Did I say that one right? Um, yeah. I mean, just the way looking to, at you saying it was more satisfying than anything. Yeah, you know. Because you, you, why you, am I you afraid? Felt primal I'm about afraid it. Like, of yeah. Tohunga, yeah, California. Um, River Rock houses. That's what the that stuff was made out of. And that town, that little community, was built as a tuberculosis cure community. And now it's smog written, at least in '86 is what he said. Yeah, that's ir- that's irony for you right there. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Can't cure TB and smog. Well, right. it's the worst kind of atmosphere for it. Before cars, the the opening of this film, again, being young and looking at it, I again I try to look at these for the podcast at least as the first time. Yeah, I couldn't. I honestly like I, I just couldn't because. Because of the music and kind of the that kind of that way, well, but the opening, I, how, I don't think I ever paid attention to. In tw- you were probably ten, twelve ish, so you didn't First see time? this till later, right? Um, teens, thirteen, fourteen, maybe. Okay, so a few years after, yeah, it came out on video. On video, yeah, okay. And it it, it really resonated with me, you know, and that it, it it was a movie then that became kind of like. Your gauge of friends, like, hey, you seen River's Edge, man? <laughs> and if they say, oh, yeah, I saw it. It was so bad. You're like, fuck you. How about and from 1982, seeing the new Playboy? <laughs> Bo Derek. <laughs> you know what that's from? I don't. Shame me. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. See, that's a movie I've only seen a handful of times. Oh, and see, that, that It's come is, up on this podcast yeah, before. Yeah, that's my go-to. The 80s is my jam. I, there's a few movies that I can- not so see in a decade and still re- wake up in the middle of the night and recite at will. But, the, but this opening, this black and white and this, the music of this is amazing. Yeah, the grainy, the grainy river. And the music was done by Jürgen Dnieper. Yeah. It is so cool. It's like a classical guitar sounding, but, it, but it's got, you know, like a fast tempo, quick vibe to it. It's really, I, I wrote that down. The music is cool. The, and that. And that. The, and that and music does play a, a a pretty, I think, pivotal part of the of the film, as both a confusing thing and and an exciting thing. But Jurgen Knieper, by the way, did the score for Wings of Desire. No, so here we are no. tying into ourselves accidentally. Again. Oh my god! But that is yeah. So that is, I can't. I'm speechless because that movie was so obscure. I know, and that was your only blind date. In 32 episodes, the only blind date, because I haven't went on one yet, I'm afraid. I don't like blind dates. Uh-huh. Brian's not. He dove right in. Yeah. And and it was early on. What episode was that, Ryan? Uh, yeah, it was early. <laughs> yeah. 10, 11 something. Keep, keep I don't know. Going, it sounds uh, like an even because number Because I'm for pulling me. out my notes right here. But so uh, the music is stunning, and, and the, the transference, how the, the movie, the intro transfers from black and white to color and um and then it it 
the music cascades into the sound of the river. Yep. Episode 10, Wings of Desire. Thank you. <laughs> Got a lucky guess in there. Uh, yeah, you, you, you felt it. And it, it cuts to to Tim, or who we know as Tim, so a boy sitting on an overpass. Yeah, so when I first saw him, I was like, is that a boy or a girl? Because the earring, the long dangling earring and the haircut, the kind of Joan Jett haircut. Ooh. I would, I, and, and he's so young, you know, he's only 12 years old, at least portrayed in there this movie. There was a certain unique level of androgyny in some movies of that time, but... yeah. So yeah, I, I guess I could see that. And it was just a close-up side view yeah. of his face, and I I couldn't I, was, I wasn't sure kid. if it was a boy and or a girl. He is the younger brother, because I have a theory about that. This character Timmy, he is taken away from this family, and he's sold or, or given sold. Jesus, he's given, <laughs> he's adopted, he's handed off. He's I just pitched. watched I just watched Taken last night. Oh, oh my boy. god! <laughs> so this kid's his chucked on over. Sold. This gets chucked over to another family, and this family, he has a new older sibling, and it's a girl, and she's a witch, because this kid is the younger brother in Teen Witch, and is just a stunner. In For real? Movie. Yeah. Oh. Do you remember at all? No? I've, I've never watched Teen Witch. Uh, and that's thanks to another podcast, uh, a bad movie podcast that uh, that I've watched Teen Witch recently. Can you Witch plug them? Can you say that? Are you How did this that... get made? They... <laughs> How did this get made? Don't dance around it, Ryan. Come on. You never know. Colonel Troutman's coming out. That's right, Johnny. Talk to me, Johnny. And um, (laughs) (laughs) Sound off, Baker team. Sound off. You've got a pair. But this kid is so good in that, and he's phenomenal in this. Again, Yeah. independent film. He scares me, too. He's like a future. He's he's a psychopath. You're going to die. Yeah. You're gonna die for this, man. Yeah. Oh my god. Now he doesn't just say it. He goes yeah. and gets the utensils yeah. he needs. So he's dropping a doll in this dirty, dirty river. And you noticed, <laughs> you know, right off the bat his wardrobe, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the river got two dirties. And it and the shot we're seeing from the bridge is severe flooding with this river. You can see the banks are overrun and yeah. I don't know what river it was. I wish I do know a river ran through it. But I don't know which river in California that is. A river yeah. runs through it. Wasn't that in Montana? Yeah, that was. You know that was. You know how my dad humor comes out. You know, and yeah. There it is. <laughs> it was bad. Uh oh. It's bad when you know I get crickets from That's you. Okay. Even. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm, we can add it in. My self esteem's we'll gone. Right. Post. I'm. I'm fucking. <laughs> t- I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. Well, he he. Now, this is something that's bizarre to me, and this may be, you know, you being, I think, maybe, well, you're a child of the 80s. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm closer to to Tim's a, to Tim's situation. You're maybe a little closer to... I am the same, born the same year as Keanu. Okay, okay. It, it's all out there now, people. So... So episode one was a complete fallacy. So he's sitting... The kid's sitting on, on an overpass. We find out later he's kind of latchkey. This kid does whatever he wants. And I still think like yeah. this movie eventually leads to him being some kind of gangster or an assassin or something because this kid turns cold uh, real he, fast. He's going to be a juvie. He grows up fast. Bef- within a year. And he hears a howl, like this, oh, like the howling of a, of a person. And he looks over a good distance away. But yep. Sees a 
you know, it looks like a dead body and a and a boy howling over it. So I didn't see it the first time. You know, going in cold, not knowing what to expect or anything. I saw, you know, I saw Samson over there howling away, John yeah. Samson. And uh, I did not, I mean, I guess in my peripheral, I saw there was a white thing on the ground, but I did not yeah. see that it was a body or pick up on it. And then, of course, once you know it's there, you can't not yeah. see and, it. And that's almost part of the comedy of it. It, it becomes like a, a fixture. Yeah. You know, like going to take somebody to see that nudie magazine that's in the fucking bushes yeah. and in the woods in the back or whatever. But what's fucking nuts is that actually happened. Yeah. You know, it became like a parade, you know. And they go to the to the to to her and, and it's there's pretty graphic nudity. It, it's you know, it's a full frontal nudity situation, but the close ups to this the face of this body, they keep going, you know, like going back to pretty haunting. So you know, it, the makeup it was incredible. You know, it and it cut to this this close up of her hand, with her right hand, and she's got this one long thumbnail. Yep. Did that stick out to you at all? I I couldn't. Yeah, I wait. I kept waiting for a payoff on that. So she had one long thumbnail, and all the other nails were short, yeah. and it was like yellowish, and you know. So I thought it's going to be like an maybe evidence she thing. Had, uh, oh yeah, okay, you know, there you go. And, and then when she was fighting, all the other nails broke off yeah. except for the one They're thumbnail. They're like stuck in his neck right now. And then they were going to have the skin tissue under the thumbnail. Shrapnel. But none of yeah, the shrapnel. But he See, he you was trying to make it smart right there, and I just fucked you up. Right, yeah. I am. Well, sorry. I, I'm plowing through. I'm just you know, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> no Vaseline. <laughs> no. <laughs> so they we we see. Are, you know, I, I would call this more of an ensemble movie. You know, you could you could argue who is the movie about, maybe not about I one agree. person. And is there a protagonist? Is there an antagonist? Right. N- no. I mean, if you give it to one guy, it's Crispin. He as what the the movie. He's got the most screen time. He's the most outrageous. He's the one driving the movie forward, trying yeah, and it's to interesting. save and he, it. Yes, his, Keanu is kind of a side character, really. Yeah, for me at least in this. And we see this, um, th- this pretty giant thirty-six-year-old high school student, and he's got a backwards Iron Maiden shirt, and you know, you, you get a good portrait, right? The stereotypical stoner he's, metal kid. He's he's how he's thirty. I don't. He looks thirty. <laughs> like he, this is another movie, everybody, where. Everyone looks 95 years old and they're all in high school. Yeah. And that's just the way it goes. Grease. But he's in his car, and this is the first instance of Slayer. So, again, us as little headbangers, we're like, yeah! It's just like seeing Cannibal Corpse and Ace Ventura. It was awesome, awesome, awesome. But I love the scene in the gas station where he goes into a gas station. Yeah. And it is this 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 was a thing in Chicago where... You could go get one beer out of what maybe was a six pack. Yeah, you just break it loose. Singles did. I thought of that too because singles didn't exist then. Yeah, so it didn't come out for a while. Just like nine one one didn't exist in in this town in California at that particular time. It took it took a while. You know, did we ever get to the bottom of that? Yeah, I looked it up. So when we get to the girls at the phone, which is not far away. Yeah, and so he takes one beer out of out of the six pack. Yeah, ruining it. (laughs) <laughs> and he just wants to, it's one Bud Light. And the gas station attendant, do you know this actor, Taylor Negron? The comedian. The comedian? 
He looked. He looked like he, the gas station attendant, Dick, like the way he yeah. hits that K, Dick. Isn't he a stand-up? I don't I thought think... he was. He might. He looked familiar to he's me. He's a I character was... actor. He. He's... Okay, then I've seen him in other movies that I thought he was like a stand-up comedian or something. But he, well, yeah, I mean, he looked I like he, he belonged in Fast Times. Like he was <laughs> exactly. I get him confused with that guy all the time. Yeah, exactly. But Taylor Negron, he's uh, the last Boy Scout. He's in the last Boy Scout with Bruce Willis. He, he's he's awesome. I like great character actor. But they get in a fight over like paying for this one beer. Yeah. And Timmy he points to the sign that says you got to be, you know, oh, you, you got to have ID. ID you gotta yeah. be, I, yeah. I was, you know, I was here before. And our Samson, we don't know his name, but this character gets all aggravated and he, and he leaves. They get in this like shouting match. Dick. Yeah. And I love this gas station attendant who can just like tell you to eat shit. Yeah. Just fuck you. Yeah. Right? He doesn't have to care. Nope. Don't worry about his job. It's, Nobody's reporting that. It was a different time, especially when we get to the teacher. Oh my god! Oh this this guy. Oh my. God. Oh my god! But meanwhile, this argument's going on. Our little delinquent over there, yeah, goes back and steals two beers. He's trying to be. He's trying to be a high schooler, you yeah. know, at twelve years old. Constantly, he's trying to fit in with, just with the guys. Just little tippy toes in a way, yeah. like metaphorically speaking. Just, just yeah, but to be but a he's he's doing the shit. You know, he just stole two beers and I put them in like the car. I feel like we watched that boy just grow up. In front of our very eyes, an hour and thirty-six minute yeah. long movie. Wait, <laughs> so I didn't get to that in the top. See how I put it back in. But you know, they have this fight, and our our our. I you don't know if he's a killer. He may have just he may just be a dead body finder. Now I now I think about that. It's never really shown that he's killed her until he admits it. Right. So blankly and without. Any excitement admits, right? <laughs> and then he kills her. Oh, and likes to sit by them and, and howl at the moon. Yeah, I guess alongside the river. And so, so Tim goes up to the car and he just lovingly put two beers on the seat. He's a, he's trying to impress him yeah, so he can guy, hang out with him. You know, just pops one open, just yeah. uh, drinking and driving, no problemo back in the day. So huh? it, it was not. We yeah, it, it you, happened. You you delinquent, you look at I, you. We well, we've talked. Whenever we've had '80s movies before, and we've discussed this about, <laughs> remember the time I got, you know, the cop took my beers and made me empty the one out and drove off with them. Yep, yeah. you remember that story. Yes, so yes, that was in the '80s. And the kid goes, "You got any dope?" <laughs> Maybe not like that, but you know, you got any got dope any weed? In, his, in his little. And the guy, yep, get in. Yeah, yeah, he got him two beers, and, and this is when you know we one we hear of, about feck. Fuck. Going to fact. What do you know about fact? We haven't even met Crispin yet. Oh, man. We ha- and he's... I love how the kid's in the passenger seat of a stranger's car. Or maybe does he recognize him from school? No, he's friend's he, circle. He, he, he clearly so they know knew each other. John. Okay. Yeah. It, just, just by the way, they and were. And he acting. finds a pair of underwear on the, on and, the seat, of, which he's... are hers, the murdered victims. It, you assume, right? Because he carried the clothes away. Yeah. In the, in so the opening scene. He's. He's the kids looking at and begging for this guy to acknowledge this, yeah. and he doesn't. And, and he's that's like, just the theme of the whole this apathy that everybody has about this thing. Yeah, it's so compelling. And he, and he's the twelve year olds holding these dirty set yeah, of underwear, he's and like, he's like, uh-huh. he's like radical. And then yeah, and then he says the most eighties thing possible, radical. And this is where the the music it, it volleyed between the X Files and. 
Hitchcock to me. Oh, wow. And it, it messed with my head a little bit because the the comedy comes through immediately as you hear Crispin Glover. I, yeah, don't, I, I don't care if you see him. There's no immediately dark right? comedy until we get... Crispin Glover is the dark comedy, you know? <laughs> He he is the only one really that is playing it, but he it, it's a choice. He's just so over the top. It, oh and, my god, <laughs> Melva! Right? You're thinking about? Um, oh, I'm thinking about Vampire's our guy. Kiss? So Vampire's Kiss is that an independent? God, I hope so. No, I don't think. Oh, can we pretend it is? There are plenty of Nick Cage movies we can do. I but mean, I love that one. That's a good one. <laughs> you know, they, and they get to this house, which is, is facts, and they. You know, through the window, you see a dummy and, you know, they set up this kind of, you know, crazy, crazy world. And it goes back to Keanu's house. And I, I like the idea that there are different families in this movie. All, all be it being broken, but towards the end, yeah. you end up with couples, which is, is unique to me. But Keanu's got this stereotypical shit broken household. And it is a shit broken it's, household. It's pretty rough, right? Oh, it's bad. I got in big notes, super dysfunctional household. And then the mom literally screams up the stairs at the stepdad, stick your head up your ass if you want quiet time. So you got Jim. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, I'm trying to sleep. The stepdad upstairs and uh, this guy played Ugh. by, I think, a, <coughs> excuse me. Fairly, like I think he's only a d bag in most movies. He he's in Halloween too, the sequel oh, to John. Oh, with uh, who did we just say was in Halloween too? For Christ's sake! Uh, well, no, well, yeah, the the guy who plays Samson in this is in uh, John. Um, yeah, the guy who's uh, but the, at the original, door. like the original Halloween two. After uh, oh yeah, uh, John Jamie Lee, one. yeah, Jamie Lee, seventies. Oh, he plays a douchebag in that. So he's that guy, but this this house is terrible. And it, you know, there's a, a little sister crying her eyes there's out. There's Tim, and then Keanu, and she's crying because the doll's Missy, the doll's missing, and this kid's like, "I yeah. drowned it, I killed it." Yeah, he and he is like that kid from the Rob Zombie Halloween too. Yeah, I mean, he he's he definitely has yeah. that you know little psychopath piece. And Jim's trying to sleep, and this is when we have. The utterance, the beautiful utterance of Lane outside, Matt. Laying on the horn. <laughs> it's so good. He's I, just screaming. I want to do it now, and I'd blow out my voice. Um, but it's Matt. The, and again, he, you know, he does that kind of affectation on other movies, but this is to the max. Like he's doing an '80s. Yeah. Like the director said, he came to the audition with the wig and the black hat. You know, yep. and he was doing a thing. And yeah. it's hilarious. And yeah, he worked at it for two weeks before he came in to audition. But also very touching. You know, there, there, there's, he's the the main motivation of this is, he has the, is the only one with a purpose or ambition or, in yeah. a way. I had a the very first time through. I had a little bit of a difficult time with the so over the top. It was just, I, it was confusing to me, you know, because it was like this serious murder movie. Yeah, and then he was just so. You know, so I don't not fake's not the right word, but so oh, he used heightened, or you yeah, know, he, heightened, he's just he, he he's used just a term for a his heightened acting. reality, heightened reality, heightened reality. And, all, and he yeah. just 
keeps on and keeps on to a fever but pitch. It's consistent. He does, yeah. he never it doesn't get like crazy annoying, but he does get more yeah. and more irritable and more and more yeah. outlandish and says just wacky shit. Well, it was a lot easier the second and third time through, too, yeah. because you knew his character at that point. And, you know, the kid's talking about Fack. You're going to see Fack. And he's like, what do you know about Fack? <laughs> and it's you that I think you need voice. that kind of comedy in this because it starts, again, pretty dark, you, you know. Yeah. Well, it is, it's, it's understated just by his heightened yeah. acting. He's not, like, he's playing the role. But he's playing the role like you know Nick Cage out of control. But and, he, and he's but he's a believable character. He's an he's an archetype, in a way. Uh, yeah, you know they're the, all he's right. A, they're he's all a, burnouts. They're the, all stoners. The burnouts, they're all exactly. Pot. The burnout group in high school. It's exactly what yeah. what and they you, were. But the girls the, were more straightforward. But they they, they, they liked the bad like boys. The sweater that the friend was wearing. Yeah. That like three mile long sweater. I mean, it's just huge. Yeah, you liked that. No, that was gross. It's terrible. <laughs> She looked insane. That sweater was the biggest thing I've ever seen. And, you know, so there's this whole, did you get a Stand By Me vibe? Because there's the whole, like, going to look for a dead body. body. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I got another vibe when. Uh, so that's what's happening. There's this the whole, little, like, you know, we're going to go see a dead body. And, and they're in, you know, Lane seems to be the one with the car. He's got this. What did you think of that? That, you know, VW Beetle. That was insane. You know, homage to Stephen he, King. He, he doesn't have a job. Because he says it in the thing, but he's got this souped-out beetle yeah. that, yeah, it, it's it, it's a pretty. How fun is it car. an homage to King? Oh, Stephen King always uses Volkswagens, sort of in his books and movies. Oh, I think that's. The thing. I always liken him to Ted Bundy, I, and, and it's that's that's out of out of love and respect to my beautiful wife because she loves Stephen King, and I know that is a true thing. So I hope it's right. Yeah, <laughs> that they're always in his in his movies in The Shining for sure. I think we talked about that last time. Uh, but Feck is a thing, and they're in the car. They're going to, uh, you know, they're they're going to see the dead body, and this is when the the kind of male female dynamic starts to play because um, Lane's talking about hands off Clarissa, dude. But he seems very you know nonchalant with this is Ioni Sky's character. You know, they never seem to be a couple. I think they are. Yeah. But you know, so they're having. Normal stuff. It's relatable. Like, there's boyfriend-girlfriend stuff, but there's just this one thing, and it's, hey, there's a dead body. Yep. They ended up going to Feck's place. Did they see the dead body first? Uh, uh, they no, show you a dead body, no, no, and then I think, Feck playing his yeah, saxophone. No, they go, yeah, they go to Feck's place first, and he's yeah. playing his saxophone like Ferris Bueller. Never took one lesson. It was awful. Yeah. It's wah. Yeah. And uh, it's revealed that Feck only has one leg. Um, and yeah, he, he they, they go to the, they, they're knocking on the door and uh, Feck comes to the door and he keeps on, anytime somebody disrupts him, the check's in the mail. Yeah, that's his answer when somebody the check calls the him or ring, rings a doorbell. Yeah, and he comes to the door, puts a gun to Lane's face and yeah. Lane's like, oh man. Want to lower that barrel or something? Yeah. <laughs> I wrote one leg, three fifty-seven. Check in the mail. Yeah, check in and the then, mail. And then he says, "I killed." You want to come in and see Ellie? Oh, who we find out later is the blow-up doll. Where he sees doll. her sitting in the corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, and he says he I, I killed somebody once, and and Lane keeps on saying, "Oh, you keep reminding us." Uh, and and women are evil. You had to kill her, man. And he's oh, he's just there to get a couple of joints. 
Yeah, he sees how much do you want because he knows. Yeah, he knows so what he's right. there so for. So he's the the local. Did you have a guy like that in your neighborhood growing up? A yeah. local creepy guy. There were there were go tos. Yeah, but and then now you find out. You know, you watch all these true crime shows and you I realize what those guys are about: giving out the free weed to the high oh, school yeah. people so that they can take advantage. Well, when when they get to the to the high school shot, you know, because they they have to have token establishing. You know, it's a high school. So it looked like a giant mansion. Yeah, it, and maybe like that a was stone, a budget thing because you never really. Mansion. Yeah, that's it was a crazy. Good point, man, they don't really show, but you know, people are posted up ostensibly like where they're sitting. Uh-huh. You know, this person's on the stairs. This person's here, and Crispin Glover is sitting, and Ione Sky ostensibly his girlfriend is standing, and he has got his arm wrapped around her thigh, just like mid, and it was so eighties to me. Just like to be posted up like that. And then they just like, you can snap a picture and they're just like, huh. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. And it just seems like maybe that was done intentionally or to, to be like so stylized. Yeah, because she mentions later on. Have you ever been sitting like next to somebody and just like, just wrap that arm around their thigh? Your best girl ever? Because she's sitting up higher than him, yeah. right? So her legs are kind of dangling yeah, there. Just, no, she's standing. She's leaning back. His, 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 and he just grabs her on the leg? It's just hanging. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I did that in the 80s at one point. All right. I'm sure I did. I feel quite confident in that. And, and this is when the movie kind of gets bonkers when, you know, where's Jamie? Somebody says, where's Jamie? And Samson says, I killed her. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you notice that, well, when we get there, but once they go to the body, Crispin's acting is yeah, going to change. Gonna, they, they, they go to the body, and, you know, you see And he this, just takes the two of them, the two guys. The first oh, yeah. time. Matt, it's Keanu, yeah, Keanu and uh, yeah, we keep right. calling him Crispin, but um, Lane. Lane with a, with a uh, Y. Yeah, and I think as they're approaching it, as might you or I maybe think. Well, you think he's full of shit. shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he picks up a stick and pokes her. And then, yeah. I mean, that's really yeah, obviously. A, a, Would you know? I don't know if I'd know. Yeah. Definitively. I, when that. You know, when they showed that stick touching her, I'm like, "That's a that's what if a, it was that's a really a human. good dummy?" Well, I got. I'll, I'm gonna perfect amount of sand. Or I have a picture for you coming up. I don't want to see a real dead body. When we get it, no, nope. you're gonna see. You're gonna. I have a picture for you of fake, so you think fake and real. You think Crispin Glover, his, his, his character changes at that moment because yeah. His, well, first his reaction is tremendous. You have yeah. you have to see this when the when he pokes her with the stick. His internalized freak out, his acting, that scene blew my mind. Yeah. It was it was incredible. And he's you know, he the can, look on his face you crazy motherfucker. He keeps calling and when he says, Why'd you do it? Yeah. This guy goes He's talking shit. Holy Christ. Yeah. Plain, straight face, yeah. doesn't give a fuck. And and you know, they, they say it a few times within, you know, how how long a span do you think this movie is? It's an hour and 39 minutes. No, like three days. Like, no, I no. think that... <laughs> was that clinical enough for yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> What's a dick fur? I'm on point. Yeah, to pee with? Okay, right. I'll pee You're with ready? my dick fur. <laughs> you want me to cover for you? <laughs> All right, lay down some cover fire. <laughs> the movie is an hour and 39 minutes. If you take into consideration the music during the credits, we can stretch this out. But the again, his complete... You know, one, it, it's creepy enough that he seems not to be remorseful for yeah. it, but I think they played it over the two days, like like yeah, in like the real there's event. No, there's no 
Uh, he's just completely apathetic towards this, which makes it sometimes funny in a way. And and, and I don't know if that was meant to, for some of the humor as well. For John? But John it was, terrified me. It was also, again, very scary. Yeah. No, he, he I'm look I'm like I'm looking yeah. at a real psychopath. I mean he he did that really well. And they go back in the car and, and another I think amazing Crispin Glover has a couple of I think doozy monologues or mini monologues. But when he's in the car and he's like you know, talking about this is like a movie, man. We gotta do something. Yeah. And again, I don't think Samson had a plan. I think he was just gonna let that ride. No, he had he had no he didn't care. You know, cuz later He just said they're going to fry at, me. At one point, you know, they all go back to see it and Crispin Glover's like, "We got to do something." Yeah, that's the, they take the whole gang and back. And he says, you know, she's heavy. Leave it. Yeah. <laughs> and he just walks away. So like he has no intention of doing anything, but you see Crispin Glover's character and I think that's a part a part of the the acting uh-huh. where he has found a purpose. Yeah, and he's he, so fucking bored. He has a purpose. He was a happy he was happy go lucky up until that point. I and then after was, that he, he was, was like manic though in a way. But he know? was smiling but and this Imagine but, that guy as a friend. You know, like after, he must be interminable. But like, he seems like the gang leader. Oh yeah, he, he definitely took the lead. They even acknowledge that. That we always do what Lane says. Oh my God. And so they go back to school again to establish that they're in school, and this is where we meet the only teacher I think we meet. Yeah. But it's Clarissa's class. And is she she's the only one. So are we assuming like everybody else skipping school? They're not going uh, to class, but Clarissa's in class with her friend. Well, she makes it a point that she can't be late for this because she's got a little bit of a crush on this yeah. teacher. Yeah. And so he has this pretty great speech. The, the trying to identify with the grown up hippie speech. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we all like to knock a few pigs on their asses, you know, and he's yeah. he's doing that, talking at their level, and it's delivered, you know. So what would happen if your wife's a teacher? What would happen if a teacher said that in class today? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it, I, it, I would think the police would be called. What's, they, it, would be, they would be placed. Well, what maybe <laughs> happened is, is what happens, because he does this whole thing, and they all miss it, and he literally goes, you missed my point. And it's yeah. a throwaway line, but it's a pretty good scene. And and that actor, I think, does a really good well, job. Well, yeah, because they went with the violence part of the yeah. the message. And so now there's, it's just like around school. Like you want to see the dead girl, and we're going to the dead girl. And the, even the two the two ladies, you know, Clarissa and her friend, yeah, are oh yeah, we're going to go after school. Like they're literally saying, oh yeah, we're well, going to see. Well, they the dead don't girl believe him. They, they think he's full of shit. And then a more disturbing thing. I mean, why would you believe is, him? One of them says, oh, he's probably just taking you there to, to attack you, to rape you. And they giggle about it. Yeah, and they, then they, 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 like, the scene so? cuts. <laughs> and so, again, that's I, I have a theory that 80s movies had a tougher time, for whatever reason, finding the balance between comedy and drama or horror. Because maybe the performances were too good. Yeah. Because later in the movie, this teacher... Does a fucking epic freak out, and it's phenomenal. And I think it's supposed to be funny, but it's not because right. this guy just does a great job. Well, tell you, it, it's hard for us to to go back into that time, us us that can. Um, I mean, I remember all, junior, you know, so junior high was up through ninth grade, and I remember every all the 
all the male teachers had paddles. Um, if you talked up or whatever, they took you out in the hall and you got, you know, you got hit with these, as hard as they could swing it, these giant wood paddles. And it became like a badge of honor afterwards. Like, did you cry or this or that? Um, I mean, it was so, so different compared. It's hard to look back through that lens, you know, of today. (laughs) Well, and I, I love, you know, the, the, all right, let's go see a dead girl. And the kids are. Tim the whole game friend. goes. Hey, they get the truck. Let's see they a get dead the truck girl from uh, and Tony. The, the one guy's like, "What do you know guy. about a dead girl?" <laughs> yeah. So who was Mike? Was he Crispin Glover's older brother? Because no, they go to a fast food place. He's just another friend, another member of the gang. I felt like maybe he was somebody's. He older never. Brother. No, they never acknowledge him as being a brother of anyone. So this other dude just abandons his job and take takes them all. And you know, it's it's really you know funny. They're leave her. She's too heavy, and they leave. And I love. So, I'm sorry. Before we go, they did a lot of close-ups on the dead body and every and the whole gang's reaction to it, which I thought was phenomenal. But the way they made um, so the girl that played Dan, uh, Jamie, I'm sorry, is Danny Dietz, and she is a music video producer of huge uh, success in in later years. I mean, uh, I just wrote down a few: J Lo, Shania Twain, Kelly Clarkston, Sting, no shit, Backstreet Boys, Brian Adams, Selena Gomez. So she's to blame. She is. <laughs> Do you have an email address back on her? Streets back. All right. You got anything? <laughs> got something? For yeah, me? we're gonna email her and ask her to watch our listen to our podcast because um, we're she's talking not about going her. Going to now. So be gentle. <laughs> Don't go gentle into that. Good night. What I what I love about these movies. Also, and this is kind of uniquely eighties, or maybe there was some in nineties, or if there's anything now, is is the, you know, the insults back and forth. Yeah, because they go and they show the kids shooting the fish in a barrel, and the one kid's like, "Hey, stub dick," and the guy's like, that was "Suck Christmas. me." Yeah, and you know, one guy calls him a fuckhead pot brain, and I I like that. You know, it's that seemed like an eighties thing to just call. Names, yeah. name calling. That that was uh, little brother calling uh, Keanu Reeves that. But so, <laughs> just to finish off the, um, she did not breathe. She did not move a muscle. She's covered in makeup to look dead. You know, Jamie when she's laying there, and I just I thought that was so impressive because in the, especially in that first scene, it was so cold out there. You could see his breath when he was howling. I mean, it looked like. It looked like it was like 40 degrees. And uh, this is yeah. one of her only movie credits, but as far as playing a dead person, um, she, she should have played had the lead a, in the first movie we ever did for this podcast. The lead? Take it away from Ella or Dreads? No. Still. No, Ella or Dreads. Who would she no, be playing? No, I was just making a bad joke. You dad a joke. Oh, oh. She, she joke. was Oof. very still. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Ha-ha. Woohoo! I can do it too. <laughs> you, you did it. You might have won up and the end. I'm that one. serious, Tim. That was one that we co-opted in high school. Like I, I'm surprised I've never said it around you, but I'm serious, Tim. Like that's just something. And especially when I was in a band with somebody named Tim. Yeah, that's just something we would say. Like that's from this movie. I'm really surprised they never said dude in the whole movie. That yeah, was that part of the language. In a way. Well, yeah, it wasn't so in the script clearly. So, you know, like you like you said Fast Times probably just co-opted that whole thing and anybody who did do too much is like, Dude, "Oh, Fast Times rip, rip that off." That was my skull. But I love the um 
I don't know who asked what the, the kids, why are you two kids such delinquents? And I think it's Tim who says, maybe it's because of our fucked up childhoods. <laughs> and it's just such on, it's so on the nose, you know, it's rarely ever said maybe in movies that plainly. Yeah. Like, yes, we're delinquents because of look, look at fucking around you. Look at this movie. <laughs> This is why I'm well, even the drowning little, Missy the doll. The little eight-year-old crying her eyes out, I don't have yeah. a daddy, says in that one scene. Yeah, and the kid, the kid with the nunchucks. Tim's friend, I just called him nunchuck. Mo-K- M-O-K-O Mo-K-O, is what it yeah. said on the, oh. on the credits. I was calling him nunchuck. R-C-C. Nunchuck boy. And again, Matt's home life is the worst. You know, the the mom is says about Jim, like, he pays rent here so he deserves his comfort. And it just... It's it's awful, and you you feel for the little girl more than anything. I mean, yeah. this poor kid, like he he's Keanu has this, you know. We should say he's the the best friend of Lane. He's well, Lane's best friend, and they're like yeah, bosom buddies. And Keanu is showing he has a conscience without saying it. Like he doesn't go back the second time. He says, you know, no, I'm out. And then there's another time that he hides. Yeah, he does not want to go back and see the dead body, and he's very conflicted. You yeah. can see about you know, quote, narking. But he's really sweet. But the girls, who usually are more mature, they go to the payphone. Yeah, yeah. The, the two- They're um, going to report it. And, and well, they try to call. Well, and this yeah, is where like, I did the 911 thing. So They I, wanted to call the operator to find out the yeah, number for 911. He's like, who do I call? No, yeah, you yeah. call. And, and uh, they're in, you know, the wonderful payphones from back then in a park. Yeah. And uh, so there's no 911, but 911 was actually developed. The first 911 call was in the South in 1968. But I remember in the 80s, it wasn't, I don't remember 911 until that show came out. There was a 911 show. Wasn't that with Shatner? Oh. I think it was, but that's when I really, Oh God. that was when 911 came onto my radar and, you know, and then we raised well, our kids you know, teaching them 911, yeah. but I never had it. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember. Wasn't that the name of the show? Or it might have been. I, it's it, it's like a little synopsis. Deep, deep cobwebs are trying to become right. unburied right now. Well, he, you know, Keanu and his and his you know protection of his his you know, little sister is yeah, it's really sweet. You know, he attends the burial for the the doll, uh-huh. which you know Timmy later. That's desecrates. what big brothers do. And, they protect their little sisters. You know, and and this is you know a funny scene when Lane comes to the door and Keanu's like, "I'm not here. I'm not here." Yeah. You know, he's kind of brooding, and this is, I think, to your point when she comes to the door and she's like, "Lane's not here. I know. I need to use your phone." And he asks where everybody's at, and she goes, "Mommy's at work. Jim's at a bar. I don't have a daddy." Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> that. Short, crisp, again, sentence. unsung hero of the movie. Perfect she was dysfunctional, so great. right? But perfect definition of the dysfunctional yeah. family. <laughs> Jim's at a bar. I don't have a daddy. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. And she delivers. I mean, I I laughed out loud. I mean, it was sad. Obviously, the it's message, sad, but, but yeah, it's so sad. Shit. It's funny. And again, we do a direct another juxtaposition. So you're kind of seeing into people's homes lives, home lives, when you go to Samson's house. And you see him bringing an older woman food, and he he can't come out because he's going to read her Dr. Seuss later. Anto. Anto, yeah. Anto. So did you subtitles? Because I subtitle yeah. always. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Anto. Anto. That was fun. Green eggs and ham. I can't go out. I'm reading Anto. Yeah. Dr. Seuss later. So this is what's important to him. Not that he just strangled his girlfriend to death and left her laying by the river. Yeah. What's important to him is that he reads to Anto before... You know, she goes to sleep and his commitment to her because his 
his mother died. He does state that. Yeah. That the girl was talking shit about his mom, and that's why he yeah. strangled her. Like she's real, he's real sensitive about his dead mom. Yeah, the one of the other guys bring Again, that up. Again, like lines that end up kind of sounding funny. And what what I really like about um, the the some of the production and set design, like 80s movies tend to be real vibrant, and this is kind of dark, right? Like yeah. the the tone, like yeah, obviously the tone of it, but the it's all very dark. That river's dirty. Everything's kind of. I don't think oh, there's yeah. a sunny day. It's supposed to be bleak, that's for sure. And they go to um, Lane and Samson uh, because Lane, you know, decides he's going to take care of business for everybody. Yeah, and he, he hides the body in his own way. I guess. Yeah, that's the phone call he makes. Right when he gets in the house, when he finds out mom and dad aren't home from the little girl. He uses their phone, um, because of course there's no cell phone, everything's landline, and calls him up, and uh, he doesn't care. He doesn't want to do anything with the body, and he's like, I guess I'll just have to do it all by myself. That was terrible. Can you do about it? Can you bail me out on that one? Not better than that. No way, man. (laughs) That was awful. He, he, yeah, again, the mania, like, but he has a purpose, and he's fine doing it, and he rolls her down. What is he, just... Doesn't he just roll her down? Yeah, and I, I went back and forth because I so I watched the movie three times, right? And each time, I was like, "Okay, was that really her? Was that you know, was that Danny playing Danny Dietz, or was that a like a mannequin?" Right. And then one time I was like, "Yes," and then I watched it again. I'm like, "No, she's too stiff. It couldn't yeah. have been her." And then the next time I'm like, "No, maybe it was her." So I really don't know. I'm really curious if that was actually her know. that rolled down the hill. And the 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 scene in the car uh, with Lane and Samson, um, I, I really I, like this particular. I'm sorry, but I thought you were gonna hit hit right there. Like, uh, Danny, why don't you email us at a little independent podcast at gmail dot com? Did I get it right? Yeah. Oh, first you first did get time, it right. First time for everything because I almost forgot the Gmail part. That's all right. That's all right. Danny Deets, the producer of the Backstreet Boys video. Uh, Send us an email if yeah. that was really you that rolled down the hill, yeah. please. Send us an apology first and then send us an email. No, I love Shania Twain was my girl back in the day. Holy Ooh. crap. Whew. Uh, there's not even a like a lewd joke to make about that anymore. You it's don't, not even fun. You... <laughs> but the two of them are, are in the in the car and Lane said he was gonna do all this for a sixer. Like, oh yep. do it for a sixer. Right. Ryan, tell oh. you're you're getting your phone out. Tell me this isn't your clip. Yeah, the uh, there's no way I did it two me. weeks in a row. He's reading Lane down the seat, so there's the get a sixer line. See Jesus it? Jesus Christ! And then I say in the car, yeah. and I highlighted the word clip. Is this the clip? Yeah. Fuck. One hundred percent. Two weeks in a row, I went. So this is episode. I went thirty-one episodes before I hit the first one, now, and then now I got two in a I row. I don't feel good. Are you really? Oh, I won't believe it till I hear I'm it. I'm alone. Like my family's not around now. Have you? Did you? Have you been I, watching? I am looking, lurking. I am. I am spying on you when you watch your movie. This I must be like, with a telescope. A turn. I, I'm probably never going to hit it again. Well, now I'm going to try harder. I well, so no. There, this they're in the car and he's saying that line. I'm like, oh, fucking Ryan would love this. So I just highlighted it and went with it. Because there's several more I would have went with, but I just yeah, went with the first one. I could have just put a super clip together of him going, Matt, or <laughs> God damn it. 
God damn it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say God damn it like that in my daily life from this point forward. Anyway, yeah. so they're um, they're in the car and um, Lane is recla- getting his prize beer. And I just I love the kind of little heart and humanity here. <laughs> you don't even care, do you? I ain't drinking it. About yourself, you dumb fuck. How do you expect other people care about you? It's people like you that are sending this country down the tubes. No sense of pride, no sense of loyalty, no sense of nothing, man. <laughs> Why do you think there's so many fucking welfare cases in this country? Why do you think it is that Rush is gearing up to kick our asses, man? Drink your beer, Lane. No, I won't drink my fucking beer. I'm talking here. These things are important to me. And believe it or not, you're important to me. Look at that. Son of a bitch. Duck down. Hope they don't upset Anto. Duck down, goddamn. You want to get caught? Oh my god, that's exactly the clip I highlighted. Holy shit. God damn it. You want to get caught? When when he said the welfare and the Russians, I I think I literally wrote clip in my notes and highlighted it. Because I have a problem with welfare and Russians. (laughs) Right, the Russians, right? What's going on right now? No, but just the way he he delivered that, I just... Yeah, I could see you smiling away in in recording that. It's such a... What got me is, you know... I care about you and I care about these things. You know, I yeah. wanted to be heard. I'm not going to drink my beer. No, this is and, important to me. And this is, I, and you're important to me. And that's, you know, it, it's, that's a, just a nice fucking thing to say to somebody, you know, who clearly is, you know, in a fugue state at this point in time about a murder that they just legitimately com- committed. Right. And Michelob, I remember. It's warm, even. No, but <laughs> oh my God. this is this is. I mean, me and the writer must be the same age because Michelob to me was like the beer back then. Like you yeah. had your Bud, and you had your Miller, and no. But if you got Michelob, you were stepping up your game. And when he said that, I was like, oh my God, that oh, that funny. was like that rang completely true. Like oh, Michelob shit. was like, you know, you were getting the shit. Then. Yeah, you know, you were you were in the upper well, tier. Good. That's fun. Yeah, no that that rang that that was true. So we find out that Matt, um, he confesses the existence of the crime to the police, leads them there. Which, um, how many days after? You said it may have, you know, well, followed the original crime. So this would be two. It full would be days, two days. Yeah, which the crime tracks unreported for two days. So two days, and uh, he leads them to the to the police. Uh, it leads the police to the area where the body's supposed yeah. to be, but it's not there. <laughs> it's gone. And, and those like, cops, oh my on, god, they were yeah. just so so hard on him. So that 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 interrogation scene is great, and and I hope you do watch the movie because um, this Keanu is really fantastic in this. But that actor, that guy, yeah, that's the dude. I'll always just remember him. Great character actor. I forget his name um, from Die Hard Two. He's the guy 
in the sub-basements. There's your Skywalk. Yeah, yeah, Avenue D's over here. And he's got all his, you know, his plans that he's given to John McClane as he's running under the Oh, my God. I got to watch Die Hard, too. But that guy, again, really good in this. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, do you care about this? Or how did it make you feel seeing that body? Because they eventually, obviously, find the body because it just washed up onto a tree branch. And he thinks... It's, it's, you know, he probably thinks it's him or, yeah. or very likely could be him. Absolutely. And, uh, and then Keanu, like, you know, yeah. I called it in. Why the hell would I do that yeah. if I, if I murdered him, you know? And, but now we know that yeah. a lot of times that does happen. And, and people are just saying like, this guy did it. Yeah. This guy confessed. And so Crispin Glover's character decides to hide Samson or who we find out his name is John Tollett. <laughs> just you know funny. toilet yeah. john oh that's very funny kids and so he's hiding out at fex and and this is again another little family that develops is is feck and samson and yeah this really bizarre path and, that everything goes down and i just want to say hopper gave a stellar performance he's, i mean it was incredible yeah it wasn't I, over the top it was just i mean it was just great acting and he he the director said something in that in that uh, you know it's like Gene Hackman wouldn't touch it you know they went to a couple Lithgow of, yeah John Lithgow he said Lithgow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I went and a right couple to of people just it was too dark yeah and you know fucking Dennis Hopper and I'd say this is one of his even more restrained performances yeah but which is but what makes it there's so a freaking ton brilliant. of subtleness yeah. He he really he just yeah, plain and some old of the acted. conversations that they have, you know, like um um Samson and Feck talking about how they killed their their respective ladies and Feck says I you know he shot her shot Oh yeah in the know, end the there girl yeah. and and Samson says, I strangled mine. Yeah. And it's so I was bizarre up and then, close to personal. you know, later when um you know, after Feck thinks he loses John, John comes back and he's holding the cat and he's starting a weird feck out he's like just really starting to creep everybody out yeah he's getting really aggressive i think they have that like are you a psycho conversation right and and feck is like no like i know that's a doll and that (laughs) was really cool like i i know it's a doll i get it what was your take on the doll i you know it served an interesting emotional purpose towards the end in a weird way Uh uh-huh um so character choice, maybe I don't know. Was so I, I did a little choice? research for you, Ryan. You're going to really enjoy this. So you you studied the doll pretty well, right? You got a good look at her. I studied it. It's when he threw the cat on it, and the cats have claws. Yeah. You know, you 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 got yeah. a good look at wasn't what a... she looked like. Was she? A, was it an attractive doll? What well, was a blow up doll? Okay. Yeah. I mean, so that was 1986. Like... So I did a little research for you. There's a little company out in California that makes a modern version today. Being that they're in California, so let's why don't you give me a little description of what you think um, of the modern version of what he had on his couch there of what Ellie would look like. Well, um, that sure does look like a handsome fella. So, <laughs> so, so she she's blind, right? Had yeah, had had that been in the. Um, Couch yeah, I, I, on the yeah, couch. I, I don't know. I mean, it would it would be equally. You can weird. buy this it's right still, now, Ryan. It's still an inanimate object. You can have like, this delivered to your house right now. That's fine, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I would do it. 
Don't it's get me it's wrong. a big difference. It's ridiculous. Um, it, so and I and I'd put it in front of my house in in like a very regal pose, uh-huh. and just see how long it takes for lawsuits to happen and stuff like that. See if anybody you yeah. know. See what you know. It's a little cold. Why don't you get that girl a jacket? And, and now we have, I think, you know, a movie that it it's not a slow burn, but a slow-ish burn, and it its tension starts to start rising, rising, rising. Yeah. And it's kind of led by Crispin Glover's character, who, again, seems to be the ringmaster for everybody. But Keanu Reeves has that blow up at, at his house, finally, with the with, with Jim. Right. And he seems to have no fear of that guy, of reprisals. Like, he's ready to fight. Like, oh, he gets off the couch or whatever, and the guy's getting out in his face. Yeah. And, Motherfucker, food eater. Grabs a baseball bat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, Keanu did. Yeah. Yeah. But that guy came right at him like he's take it away and beat him with it. And then, you know, later the dad kind of holds Keanu back because he he runs after Timmy, who desecrated Missy's grave. Yeah, he pulled him off he pulled him off of Timmy when he was yeah. when he was smacking Timmy in the face. And yeah. He's uh, you know, upset for what he did to his little sister and, yeah. and and then you have I think just the beginning of the rise of Timmy. Well, one of the things I like in the writing is how he started the movie with the doll being killed and then you got the dead body and he's paralleling throughout the movie the death of the doll missy and keanu's conscience you know and going to the funeral and the lack you know him not going to see the real dead body and the lack of conscience on the other guy so he strings this parallel feed throughout it using the doll and the family life which i i just found really good writing really clever thing to do that is a fascinating component of the uh, the the storytelling because when you have this brutal crime, you maybe start to forget about it, and then the other dramas start to find their ways, but it doesn't let you forget because it keeps cutting to the face. Yeah, and that's why Keanu ultimately says he had to he had to make the call because that face is what. Right, he couldn't get out of his head, which is totally understandable. Yeah, and and you do hear that from, like, uh, like, well, you know, the Highwaymen. I love that movie, right? And you watch other movies, right? Yeah, I mean, you do these, but I, I, I watch Highwaymen every day. Is it on it's like a warm up, you know, exercise, and then I then I start my real, oh, you know, expanding out foreplay. But you have to have your. You know, you get up in the morning, you do your push-ups and your sit-ups, you know, and you run in place for 15 minutes. That's Highwayman. So where was I going in that? He says uh, he says a line in there that parallels that. Uh, you yeah. sidetracked me. You put yeah. your, you, you did it over the top. Ryan just turned his hat backwards. So I thought, he are we arm wrestling? Is that <laughs> we going over the top here? <laughs> Sammy Hagar? I don't know why. Another 80s classic, right? right? You got to love Over the Top. Well, this is another really spooky as shit scene because Matt uh, smacks Timmy around and and, uh, and it's pretty pretty rough. And he says, I saw you on the phone. I saw what you did, meaning I saw that you called the cops. Okay. I do have it now. What? When I go, I don't sleep much, but when I do, I mostly see dead Mexicans. Sees their faces. So that's what he said in Highwaymen, oh, right. which is a PTSD thing, which relates to what uh, Keanu, right. what Matt went through. Look at us just all off topic. Woo! 
to yeah. Well, I had to bring, bring it back. back. You I do know, bring I, it back. I, I knew it would. I knew it Hopefully would come back up. Frustrate listeners. They they it's hanging there with us. You we know, do we'll get, get a lot of happy comments saying, "I love how you guys go all over the place." <laughs> so we don't want to let those people down. We love you. We love all of you. <laughs> right at you. Little independent at little independent podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> Random. I remember my first beer. It I wasn't my first beer. So Tim, I, I feel, is had a legit menace, and he's like, you're going to die for what you've done. You're going to die. And I was like, holy shit. This kid's... Yeah. Holy shit. So the scene right before that, you know where he the mother's yelling at him, and then he just storms out of the house and rides away on his bike anyway? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that made me think of another movie, and I have a... And I already know the answer, because you've laid it all out all the way up to here, but my question for you was in the comparison to Ed Furlong's performance as a teenage rebel to the broken household in the classic 1991 Terminator 2, which I love and the rest of the world loves, except for (laughs) Mr. Buck over here. Oh, man. Who only doesn't like it, that only because of Ed Furlong does not like it. And I was going to say, what, how do you feel about our boy in this movie? Because he's playing basically the same character. Oh, this kid acts the shit <laughs> out, out of, of Edward Furlong in, in Terminator 2. Jerk he off couldn't day. even be a shit stain in, Ed, in, his, in yeah, this, this kid's kid, drawers. This kid, and and he's, he's grown up, uh, the kid who played uh, or the, the man now, obviously, man now, who played uh, Timmy, he wrote... Final Girls. Shut the fuck up. Uh-uh. I'm on my third beer, so excuse me, folks. I get a Ooh. little aggressive. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, he wrote Final Girls. He And that's one He's of your He's come favorite. up on this podcast before, and I think in this context, and I cannot remember. The ear, you know, the earring kid wrote Final Girls. Yeah. And he's written about because he he didn't continue acting very long after this. But that's that's a great movie. We're going to do Hell that yeah. on this as soon as you yeah, pick I it. I know. Um, that's just one of those... Super special ones, but there, there's again the story is heightening. The story is heightening, and I, I love the the story that Fact tells about losing his leg. So, and and that was that <laughs> there's my been, leg laying in the road. <laughs> I wonder if that beer is full. You know, yeah. it's just it's so well done. That could have been a great one for a clip. But I love Lane in the car, and he's getting more and more manic. And now we start like doing drugs, doing drugs, doing drugs. And he ultimately ends up like passing out, and the car just loops up on the. Oh, curve. he's popping pills now. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what the hell those are. Um, but what kind of precipitates this is the three of them, Lane, Clarissa, and Matt, are in, in the car, and this is where Lane has that freak out. Yeah, and you know, Ione Sky is phenomenal in this. I think we haven't really talked much about her, and that's really yeah. crappy. What really but, impresses me, or just blows my mind about it is that well all the movies you named she went on to act in but she she was not an actress the director just saw her like we have the northern express up here right that free magazine that you just pick up at every you know every restaurant or whatever and people local people put their ads in it well she was in one of those and he called her a hippie girl and he's like hey find out who this is bring her in he just liked the look of her and then she goes on to have a wonderful acting career because who knew she could act? Yeah. And then it's just one of those true Hollywood discovery stories. She's amazing in, in, in this scene in particular. 
And Elaine freaks out and he does that like a man can't waste his time choosing words. <laughs> and he just freaks oh, yeah. out and he kicks her out of the car. And Matt. Because he said something to her that was. Yeah, you know, he, he called her a. It was, uh, it was really, it was a he cool. called her a something bitch or scene something. Scene about Jamie's dead. I like Jamie. Jamie's dead. John's alive. I care. I want to focus on John. And it's, again, it all is, comes across really sweet. <laughs> it, it really does in a weird, perverse way. You know, he cares about something. Yeah. And what? he doesn't care who knows. Should so, you know, this brings along, you know, the fact that Matt and Clarissa. Um, they have a little blossoming situation. They end up fucking in the park, which is cool. You know, like she's. It was all on Clarissa. Yeah. She 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 did it all. She and made he, all the moves. She got the, the sleeping, sleeping bags. bags. <laughs> she grabbed him on his thigh, very close to his junk. And this is depending where, on how you know, well Keanu's hanging that she, day. She says, um, "You know, I wish I had done it. I wish I had you know called you know, the police about this." And he admits that he did. Yeah. And Which that, gets him laid. Yeah, that turned around because he was just saying how she respected Mike yeah. for doing it. And he's like, well, he knew what he was doing. He's yeah. like, it wasn't Mike, it was me. And now at this point, you've got, you know, little pairs pairing off. So they've paired off. You've got John and Feck paired off. And you have Tim and Nunchuck. And <laughs> they've got this whole, like, you know, they're going to go get a gun. Yeah, what does Tim says? Get your nunchucks and your dad's car. Yeah. I know where we can get a gun. I know we can get a gun because he's going to kill his brother. Yeah. He's going to kill they, Keanu. they break into Feck's place. Yeah. Find his weed. Like, he was he was a terror in that place. Yeah. The way he was ramsacking that, yeah. that place, the little brother there. And at this point, you've got John or Samson and Feck down by the lake. Oh. And I forget. And Ellie. Because, yeah, and they, they've kind of like, I, I think, you know, John's not wanting to be cooped up. They just end up by the lake, and that's yeah. their compromise. Because, he just doesn't give a fuck. He's and, just, like, going to keep going until they kill him. And this is the first time that he starts to share some emotion. He's hollering across the water. Because people are saying, like, you, you're you going to go to the electric chair for this, or you can, you can get fried for this, man. Yeah. And he just doesn't seem to care. I don't, like. He doesn't. Does he want suicide by cop? Does he want? It's just kind of. He makes a comment. He's he. You live. You you know. You're born. You do shit, and then you die. Yeah. And that's what he's living by. And he and he talks like there's about no consequences. How you know he wants to show the world who's boss and and how he felt killing the girl. Oh, that was gross. That and, description. Yeah. And Dennis sick. Hopper, he's like, didn't you feel like that? You know, when you killed yours, and he's like, not really, no. He's like, not really, man. (laughs) And this is the moment in the movie where I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. Somebody is out-crazying Dennis Hopper. Yeah. And And Dennis Hopper starts to slink down. Yeah. And he he even says, like, you need to calm down, man. Yeah. It was wonder. Hopper did a tremendous performance, only second to Waterworld. And he, you know, they're they're sitting there. No comment? Only second Second to Waterworld? Oh, I love Waterworld. Yeah, I, I just, <clears throat> that's well I thought, documented. What? No, you can't get a rise out of me out of Waterworld. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm going to watch it tonight. Your the rise was in thinking about his performance, not in, saying it in, was bad. I'm saying and it's it was like only a second conclusion, to conclusion. You know, I th- like I think of him in that role. It's not him riding around with a chopper. For me, Waterworld with the eye patch. Yeah. Holy crap! That's interesting. Yeah. He he's not always 
completely unhinged. And you got to think about that. Actors who are known for wild performances or even wild behavior, it's got to be tough for them. Yeah. You know, oh, you're just expecting, you know, even Nicolas Cage. Case in point. example. When I watched Pig, I kept waiting for it. I waited I waited an hour and a half for it yeah. and didn't get it. What I think is interesting is the director at one point had mentioned that um, Dennis Hopper is the moral center of the movie. You know, you think it's Crispin Glover's character, but he's not, and it kind of turns out to be Dennis Hopper because what we find out is, you know, he says to John, I'll be your friend, Yeah, and he shoots him in the head. The director said that? The moral that he was the moral yeah, center. Yeah, that he's the moral wow. center of the movie. That's really interesting because I would have said Keanu. I well, you know, I think Ke- the same Keanu thing. has the conscience through the whole thing, and he's the only one to turn him in. Yeah, and he's, maybe it, it's about the ultimate justice or something, but yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. Well, he's the moral center for justice because of what he does. Yeah, for sure. And you know, everything in, in a way does come together pretty fast at the end. You know, Dennis yeah. Hopper comes back. The kids are in. His house, and that that was a brutal scene because he yeah they just slept there. Nunchuck hits him in the head, and then Tim's like again yeah, and he hits him again. And when the cops bust in, you know, and he's I think he's on the phone. He's like, I'm dying. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit, you probably are. Yeah, like hit being hit that hard, terrible. Thing. Well, it would feel like that for sure. Absolutely, and I I love as you know Keanu and Clarissa are you know walking back from their tryst and everything. Keanu says, like, we have to get married now, right? When they're laying there in the park still. Yeah, he says, so we get married now, right? Do you right? think that, was that I, meant to be I funny or not? I thought that too, or was that meant to, when the writer wrote that, I was thinking that, did he mean that seriously? Because Keanu delivered it pretty straightforward. It, like, you could go either way. Yeah. You know, like, was he serious? Because maybe it was his first time, and that's what you do, but, you know, his... That from that household, you wouldn't think that. Yeah, but I, I, I got the same thing from that. And it, it's kind of you know, and now Keanu has to go home to a, a nightmare. His mom has this all um, incredible breakdown. It's, oh yeah, it's the one girls, for the ages. Jesus Christ! Oh, what does Clarissa say? I feel like a used. Oh, like I was dipped in used cooking oil. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Do you want to take a shower?" Yeah. She's like, "No." <laughs> she goes, "No," because they're going to school. Now I talked about how bad it must have been to have sex with like that woman in 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 Skin of the Wolf because how bad people smelled. Oh and everything. yeah, yeah. The, the first I, one. I watched that thing and I was like, oh, that must have been <laughs> nasty as hell. <laughs> and they both probably equally the nasty repelled it, it, itself. But you know, Tim is still out. Um, Lane at this point has passed out. He's he's snatched by the cops. He's not arrested, so interestingly enough, he's yeah. like, "Why am I under arrest? See ya!" And he what he's knows at, to walk away at the police station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now <laughs> the teacher is freaking out. So you have all these things yep. happening at the same time. Teacher asshole, no cry. That's oh, what I wrote. Jesus, this what the <laughs> what fuck a fucking was that? prick? See, there's your difference. So you could. I assumed that he was fucking Jamie. But like he was having sex. I with have that, no doubts that the teachers could have acted that way then. You know that, and and now it's like they but pull, they call in counselors. He was so emotional about it. I thought he must have been involved with the de- deceased girl. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So, but the way this, he was treating the kids was 
was criminal. All this is is bubbling to a head. They all go back down to the river because Lane is trying to find John, um, and they find that he is deceased. He's trying to find a John by the river. He's face down. Nice round bullet hole in his head yeah. with, with a puddle of blood under it. And this is where Tim shows up, gangster style. He has been in a stolen car <laughs> all fucking day. Yeah. With another eight-year-old boy. <laughs> this kid's a gangster. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, he is he's turning into Scarface or something. Or, again, he's adopted into the Teen Witch family. Oh, you know, he might. In which case. He might have been the Golden State Killer. Probably. This kid. And so he's going to shoot his brother, and I kind of thought he was going to do it. Did you so think he was the do whole it? time, me too. The whole time, remember, I was, I was convinced one hundred percent, that he was going to shoot Keanu in the chest, and he and he, and he doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's why because he actually finds a conscience in the kid by saying, "I'm your brother. I'm yeah. your brother." And then he actually like weeps a little bit and puts the gun down and hands it to him. Yeah. So that was like a, a character arc for our uh, little Ed Furlong there. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I love it's kind of capped off by a couple of things. You got Dennis Hopper, who's head bandaged. I love head bandage wounds in movies. Really? That was kind of funny. Well, all the phones in this movie, you must have had. Yeah, there's some good phone. You action. must have had yeah. a. Uh, what, what do they call it? What do they call those when they whisper into the mic? Oh, that EDBM, uh, electronic dance movie. What's it called there? ASMR. That's right. That's right. So this was an ASMR movie for you. They do in the electric forest, right? All the way through, because they kept hanging up those phones. Oh yeah. Wait, wait, wait. And was that a real dial phone? Yeah, we we have ending on a an interesting scene. It's Jamie's funeral. Right, and this is where the Hitchcock music came in. I mean, it's super Hitchcockian, I think. Yeah, uh, the way that that the music plays, and it, it well, know, it was real low in the mix too. It was quite subtle, yeah. and they're all just kind of reflecting, like she's dead. Well, they all walk by the body, and then sit down. And boy, the one thing that was like, man, that's a really small church, and there's not very many people in there. Yeah, I mean, it, it was that's probably the budget, you know, casting oh, yeah, totally and that budget, type of totally thing, budget. but. Because uh, when when a high school kid gets murdered, I mean, there probably would, there would be thousands of people at that funeral. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, it's just budgetary. Yeah. But I, the camera moves in, pans and gets a close up right on the the Jamie in the casket, and then we just fade to black. Yeah. It's like, oh, what was it all for? But like the whole, you're just like the whole thing was pointless. Like, which is true. Yeah. Not the movie, but now, the, the, her her murder was pointless. You know the yeah. John, you know John having to die was pointless. Yeah. Dennis Hopper's clearly going to prison forever now. Right, but he he was justified in his mind. You know that he he took out yeah. a psychopath that wasn't redeemable. Yeah, he was saving true. the world. Well, um, it it sounded like you had some fun with this. A I, bit. I sure it's did. That it's a fun movie, I guess, but it. It, no, it, you're fa- at least I was. I mean, people are going to be or have been. You're you're affected by this after yeah. you're done watching it. You don't, you know, you're not like a jovial, happy, woohoo. Yeah. And even though feeling. this this is definitely a longer episode, um, there's plenty more to see in this movie. I mean, there's just a lot of great lines, a lot of great. It, it's it's super eighties and in in more 
you know, John Hughes and all those movies get all the all the love and yeah. all the iconic stuff. And and for me, River's Edge is just kind of, you know, that's the one that I kind of yeah. you know and identified more with because of the music, because of the not necessarily the murder and all that. I didn't really have any of that happen in my life, especially in high school. But uh, no, no, me either. Thank goodness. But and I love that it's the writer's first movie. So originally cast as Tim. Mr. Corey Haim. Yeah, I, I wrote notes on that as well. Yeah, got sick after the first day of uh, production, and uh, he had like pneumonia or something, wasn't taking the role seriously. So thankfully he was replaced because I watched him in a, uh, Corey Haim in a Rift Tracks movie called Fever Lake. Yeah. I couldn't even get through it with Rift Tracks on. Yeah. This is pretty bad. And the director said he wasn't he wasn't focused at yeah. all, so they, they cut him. And you know, Keanu and Dennis Hopper, would meet again in a little movie called Speed, 1994. How about that? How did I? I for, totally forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. And I have seen to be. Speed. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not an independent. Uh, we can talk about it, though, ever. Oh, All right. So Dennis we'll, has a great line in that. <laughs> we'll end as we do pop with quiz. our pop quiz hot shot. <laughs> nice. This is about money. Do me, Jack. That <laughs> nah, was more like Jack Nicholson. Anyway, hashtag no more impressions. No. We're going to end as we do, do with uh, with reviews. Read it like Nick Cage. I happened on this movie. <laughs> Come on, do it. Quite a movie, and I'm not sure how. Warning, spoilers. No, not going to do that. So one out of ten. <laughs> Quite a movie, and I'm not sure how. I happened on this movie on the APTN, Aboriginal People's TV Network, and can't believe I sat up and watched it. The language was horrendous, the acting way overdone, and one has to wonder about the parenting skills of the people wherever it was supposed to have taken place. I taught school for 28 years and cannot believe the dialogue in the classroom from either students or teacher. (laughs) I had no idea Keanu Reeves was ever that young, too, albeit cute. Still, it must have some saving something else I wouldn't have stayed. Oh, sorry. Oh, let me try that again. Still, it must have had some saving, something else. I wouldn't have stayed up to see how it ended, under that I couldn't imagine how it was going to finish. I was also trying to figure out if Lane was supposed to be gay or not. As a gay man, I always wonder about certain characters, but the portrayal was so odd, I wasn't even sure at first if it was a man. <laughs> if it was a man. whole lot in there. And I just kind of really honed in on the fact that he... Happened upon the movie on the Aboriginal People's TV Network. I do not know if that's a thing. And but, I, um, but how were they showing it? I have no idea. I don't understand that one. Uh, all right. A uh, positive review. Yay. Um, a celebration of independent film, if you will. Uh, <laughs> I've got two of them because they're short, but uh, one 10 out of 10 from IMDb entitled John Tollett. This is the best movie ever. After Love, Kiza. Sorry. This is the best movie ever. After Love, Liza. Keanu, McFly, Feck, what else do you want? Gas humping? Gas huffing? Gas humping? <laughs> You're a little short I'm for a storm a chaser. Gas huffing? Motherfucker? Food eater? Look, I don't have more to say about it. River's Edge is that good. For me, this movie hit home. That's what I like about it. If I need to keep writing lines about it to get my post posted, fair enough. This is Keanu Reeves' romper stomper. What constitutes a line, anyway? 
How can the blank, can I give a serious, honest, objective review about a movie that doesn't need to be approved or explained? Why do I need to keep adding lines? If you grew up in the 80s and early 90s, see River's Edge. Forget about Less Than Zero. This is all there ever was. (laughs) So midway through that review, he got despondent because he had to write more lines, and then he finished it with a nice caption, or capper at the end. He seemed concerned that, you know, he would get posted. (laughs) That is true. And uh, final, final review, 10 out of 10, entitled Slayer. Any film from 1986 that features Slayer as a 10, period. End of review. And you agree wholeheartedly. Yes, sir. So was every song that they played in the cars no. Slayer? No. There, there was one bands. of them Megadeth? That uh, was my, because there was one song that sounded a lot like Seek and Destroy, and I only know that because I played, we used to play that song in one of the bands I was in. I don't, you know, I'm not sure. Actually, one of the, uh, one of the interesting credits was uh, artist music consultant was Brian Slagle, and he is the, uh, he's the uh, uh, president and creator of Metal Blade Records. So. Okay. That was kind of a cool little partnership. Yeah. One of the godfathers of heavy metal for all of us metal nerds. Nice. Well, thank you for watching River's Edge. Uh, I didn't know what to think. Uh, I didn't know how you'd react because, you know, you're still kind of a surprising reaction sometimes to things. So I'm <laughs> glad you dug it. I did. I did. It took me back to the 80s. Uh, and it was a fun visit. You know, and I always, for me, and I probably oversay it, but it's always a celebration of independent film. I mean, I don't have to like it or not like it because we're going to celebrate that this film got written, and directed, jean jackets and made. And leather jackets and vests and White Snake and Def Leppard shirts and all the good stuff. Writer's first movie, Keanu's first movie, Back to the Future, and Dennis Hopper. What's What could That's go right. wrong? That's right. Well, hey, Todd. Yes, Ryan. We'll always have Monty Doro. That's how you look at the time and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, I know. No, but we we went for a long time before it's actually gonna start start. So it was it was probably another hour forty five, hour fifty, something. I was bring other people. I like Oh my notes should be open. Here we go. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're talking. Look we're, at we're absolutely yes, talking. Yes. 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 This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. This is Ghostbusters 2, ladies and gentlemen. Ghostbusters. Vigo. We make this is Vigo. Vigo. Give it to me. Everything you are doing is bad. I want you to know this. <laughs> New apartment, free parking. There are many perks to being this a mother be, of a living God. This should be in the episode. Put this in the end, please. <laughs> this is wonderful bloopers. Behind the seat. No, you always say that, and they're great. They're always great. Especially when you did Jack Jack Nicholas instead of Dennis Hopper. Hopper. This is about money. Do me, Jack. (laughs) It's kind of like him, right? They, yeah. Who are those guys? Who are those guys? You'll love it. It's just a little.
like I'm introducing a movie to you. Like you're about to. Oh. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, yeah. Just a little independent.